0: Hello folks, this is Alan Watt, and today it is the 17th of January, 2007.
1: You've got to watch out for several times. If you must talk to someone, shh, don't give any information. It's smart to be a dumb one. Simply change the conversation. Let's just talk about love. Cause that's
0: what I'm thinking of. A couple of days ago, there was, um, about four inches of snow fell down in Toronto along with some ice uh, ice pellets and freezing weather and this stretched all the way apparently down to Texas and I do believe that in many of the states the US states in the path of this storm have declared a state of national emergency which is something we have to get used to because we're going to get more and more of this this crisis management and creation of course as time goes on interestingly enough I had calls from different citizens in the US telling me that the National Guard had been brought in uh, and who knows uh, what other troops are brought in from where during this kind of thing no one asked the questions but also MPs, military police have been brought into some of the, the larger towns and cities to go door to door and supposedly see if everybody's okay, which is a dumb question in, in uh, major cities. When their power goes out, they're stranded, aren't they? They're pretty well helpless, and that's the, the beauty for a controller's point of view of having people stuck like sardines in cities. The power outages we had uh, two or three years ago throughout Canada down up into the States which uh, apparently this couldn't trace the cause of how this chain reaction of, of power outages happened and they had all these fail-safes there, that was a test that was a test to see if they could how long it would take the public to get edgy cry for help and so on, but that was done in the summer months and at that time, it was heat build-up in the big apartments that was causing most of the problems and the, the illnesses. This time, it's uh, called an ice storm. It brought lots of power lines down. And if you look, and I noticed this maybe five, six years ago, it's uh, the only time I look at the television is to tune in to see what the weather is is supposed to be supposed to be. And about five or six years ago, for the first time, I saw the Gulf Stream coming up the west coast offshore and doing a right angle at British Columbia and going straight across Canada from coast to coast and, and the fellow who was giving the weather uh, talking as though it was just never everyday occurrence. It was unheard of up until then. And when I saw it at that time, I thought, well, that's exactly what is written into the United Nations Charter on Weather Warfare, the Treaty on Weather Warfare from the 1970s. But they they had the ability then, and it had obviously been tried and tested for it to be written into a treaty, apart from the causing of earthquakes, famines and hurricanes and tornadoes, uh, floods or droughts they had it written in that it could also cause the major streams like the jet stream to be brought down to ground level and directed to a target well we've been witnessing it for the last few years and now it's a normal occurrence everything becomes normal because we are so adaptable as a species especially when uh, we are trained to listen to experts and if we flash back even further and try and dig into a little bit of memory that some of us still have left through all the masses of data we're crammed with uh, mostly irrelevant on a daily basis towards the the start of the mid-90s when the Cold War just happened to be suddenly ended when Russia, the Soviet Union decided to roll up its borders and its system and Mr. Gorbachev came over to the US after being introduced and taken on a tour by Margaret Thatcher the strange combination the black and the grey or the white of the chessboard all manipulated of course because even Lenin said that the dictatorship wouldn't last for probably more than 70 years it was meant to join because it was fed by the same hand that fed capitalism. But supposedly the Cold War was over in the 90s and suddenly little towns across Canada and the States and different places, maybe even Europe too were so segregated and kept isolated they won't tell you what's happening even in the next county. Even though you think you're getting the best news worldwide news there is they can tell you about a little boat in India with 50 people on it sinking in a river but they can't tell you what's happening in, in, happening in the next county that's how micromanaged we are because all media comes through the same two or three hands uh, the big companies like routers good name, you route the news eh? and as I say these emergency preparedness responses were being carried out even in small tiny potato villages like Allison, Ontario and I drove in this particular day I drove south and went into Allison and there's the fire guys there, there were, I think there were some people from the military watching on and the police were there and they had hired locals to pretend they were all sick and, and injured and had bandages on them and stretchers and, and cars askew as though they'd been damaged or whatever and in the paper the next day it said that uh, they, they practiced having cars with, with bombs and dummy bombs one of them outside the Baxter's laboratory which is one of the big companies that used to belong to well it was part of IG Farben still in the inoculation business of making us <coughs> healthy uh, and I thought, what's, what's all this? The Cold War is over. Everything's supposed to be peaceful now. And from then on, that particular day onwards, we had more and more blurbs across the country given up by the media, and even little special documentaries, maybe 15-minute doc- documentaries on these net- this network that, that had been just created just create, you imagine bureaucrats take years to plan anything. They didn't have it during the Cold War when when supposedly we were going to get nuked any time any day or any night and it's all over and we're at peace but suddenly we had to have all these organizations, these emergency prepared centers, these headquarters for natural disasters or man-made and they were rehearsing and they sent booklets around the different areas to each person who lived in them a little response on what to do and, and what to obey in times of national or, or, or even local emergency long before 9-11 happened but after the Cold War getting us all trained to be managed is, is the point of it all this training to be managed And it was rather evident from the 1950s onwards that weather modification was going to be the big stick to convince the people of the world by telling them that they were causing the abnormalities which we're now witnessing. But they were writing about it back in the 1950s. Only they got it wrong then. They said it was going to be an ice age. And the same authors who wrote these books, these frontmen, on behalf of the bigwigs. Then a few years later, when they realised it was easier to superheat the atmosphere and cause various other phenomena, they said it was going to be global warming. Then the drum beat started steadily for, for global warming. That in itself was fantastic enough but it can only work because people have no idea at all and I have to say this how ignorant they are of any facts regardless of what kind of education they believed have had or what qualifications they walked out with when I went to what we call primary school I can remember they gave us books, you see, which were passed down through generations because we had a a public service type school in Britain. And these books might have been 20 years old. And one of them was to do with geography and and the the history of geography. And I, I can still remember it yet, page for page. Going through the fact that the climate is always changing, we don't go around the sun in a a perfect circle. Not only that, the path we took last year is different from the one you take next year. And there have been many ice ages in previous time. Even at that time, scientific groups had had drilled into the the Arctic and Antarctic, and come across layers upon layers of previous ice ages, and they could tell when it was when it, when it had been warming, when it had been cooling, warming and cooling, and there was pollen different stuff mixed in with it, different layers. What we're going through is a natural phenomena which at one time was taught to the people when you had a bit better education and when you realize there's been who knows maybe maybe thousands of ice ages in the past now what happens after an ice age it's called an ice age because you're in the ice age well what happens then is you warm and you're no longer in the ice age but you don't stop warming you warm up to a particular level and then you do have various things happening now some of them are mini ice ages and mini warming ages you don't have to go from one extreme to the other in a natural system that would be very rare unless you give it a little boost with science which is easy it's it's kindergarten stuff today but yes, after an ice age, you warm and that's why we've not been living in an ice age uh, for the last few thousand years we had a mini warming age in the middle ages when for a couple of hundred years they didn't build fires in their homes even to cook it was just too warm and that's in Europe and they went back to snow in the winter and, and so on so the history, the records of what was at one time observed and recorded study have simply been tucked away and removed from the, the upgraded books that's why school books are always upgraded all the time by maybe two, three companies at the most that run the world they can keep tabs on what you're being told and that way they can withdraw knowledge easily it doesn't dawn from one intake to the next that they're getting taught less than the ones before this is a, an amazing trick simply withhold knowledge use a bit of science have your front groups ready well funded front groups and then they go into action and start hollering and screaming and getting very panicked do something, do something and you'll find that the drum rolls are starting to beat already as I said they would all through this winter we're going to start to get more and more news until it's a daily thing a daily event until they bring up the global warming into the the crowns of our minds or be there permanently fixed as they lead us on this merry dance the solution which will just be unfurled at the next global meeting and the global meeting will go through the routines of pretending they're deciding things because this has all been decided long ago and the resolutions will be unfurled and we'll all breathe a sigh of relief and say my goodness, thank God for these experts who are going to save us all but we've got to change our entire way of living we can't go on like this nope We've got to get herded into little habitat areas like they had in the movie *Silent Green where they can monitor us and watch us and maybe even reduce us much easier if we're all crammed together. Especially when you have to be totally interdependent in a city when they turn off the juice. Whether the juice be food, water, heat, gas, electricity, whatever. They can turn it all off in a city and you're completely helpless the new habitat areas. This was reinforced a few years ago when the United Nations (UN) one passed a resolution for the creation of super cities and then they started amalgamating all the different suburb cities all the old cities, the smaller ones, and took the authority from them and put them into the central commands, you know, centralize and conquer. Remember the old communist routine, which is just the same as the capitalist routine, since it's the two sides of the same coin. We're watching it all being used today. And you wait and see. I can remember telling a relative back when they were bombing the hell out of Yugoslavia and getting them into the World Bank afterwards they weren't on in the World Bank either and they were also selling oil for ten dollars to fifteen dollars a barrel and that was a big no-no but when they were bombing it I I said to this relative I said you know haven't you you noticed that every day on the news now they're mentioning the United Nations to do with this and he sort of vaguely said yeah because he used to sit and get hypnotized like most people do and his jaw would drop open and you just gaze at it, and I'd say, well, in a few months, you're going to be so used to hearing it, you'll think you've always heard the United Nations mentioned on daily news. it will be a fixture in your mind as though it's a natural thing that's now dictating to you and telling you how life must be. And that's the same technique we're seeing happening now when just amazingly, even local stations and television And radio are having Earthwatch experts come up to keep us informed of all this crisis. Now, they already have the general public terrified of nature outside their doors. And the terrifying technique was was obvious to me, at least, when they created 24-hour weather stations for television. I mean... Who needs to hear the weather 24 hours per day? It was obvious that the intent was not to. Unless you're, you've got some strange illness where you've got a, a complete phobia of rain or, or something. Why would you need that? Well, it was to get. It was to change natural weather and rain and wind and so on, the natural things we all experience if we, you know, fly back through our memories into crisis and sure enough in no time at all maybe about 6 months once they were up and running uh, a couple of millimetres of rain uh, was going to be a crisis and my goodness they'll change snow from inches to to centimetres and sometimes they'll even use millimetres to really terrify you you're going to get four centimeters, maybe even ten centimeters of snow. Well, hey, this is Canada. Now they have people terrified when they hear this this spoken. Something that you'd think nothing of, your parents would and and the grandparents would think nothing at all of, is going to be a major crisis. Crisis creation. Mm -hmm. And we always have the natural days in winter where you have freezing rain, and anybody with a little bit of grey matter stays home. You don't want to go running along those roads with little bits of rubber spinning away on ice. You would tell your children not to try and run on it, why would you try and spin some rubber on it? It makes no sense at all. But then again, this commercial system wasn't meant to be logical when it came to obeying your instincts. You're supposed to be at work by 8 o'clock anyway, regardless. And we can see the effects of that on all the major highways when you do get snow and freezing rain. You're supposed to be there at the same time, ready to go, regardless of the fact if you've gone through four inches of rain or ten inches of snow, and did get there without smashing another vehicle. What amazes me is there's not more vehicles smashing up when you realize how many cars are on the road that's the miracle but everything today now is crisis and thank goodness we have experts to guide us what would we do without them a few days before this latest storm came in I saw for the first time a new type of aerial spraying and I've watched these the spraying for years and seen the different types they have they have got the polymer type that gets blue and hazy bluish white and hazy then the white ones with the herringbone effect and uh, this new one was black literally black like black sooty clouds and they spread very quickly going across the sky you see the plane and the spray and when the Sun was trying to shine through it it stood out even more so like black sooty clouds so I knew something was coming and then turning on the shortwave sure enough there's the woof, 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 woof of the harp gone so the storm was coming so if you want to know when's a storm coming get a shortwave radio and scan it and you know you'll eventually really tell if it's going to be safe to go out the door a couple of years ago the American Air Force published in the newspapers the fact that it was shortly own the weather well they do they do own the weather and have been manipulating it for years many many years ago John Dewey who was sent to reorganize the school system and dumb everybody down to a suitable, educable level. That's called equality. Uh, apart from many of the other suggestions he made regarding removing information from history so that there know be no, no conflict with future generations to do with the past and their histories. He also mentioned, he was the first one to mention something that's been taken up like a banner from, with many other people since, like President Reagan. But John Dewey was the first one to mention if we had a threat from outer space, from out there, the world would have to unite against a common threat. And much has been written on this topic because they did, they created the whole UFO phenomena H.G. Wells did his invasion stuff a long time ago, part of the same clique. But you see, it's easier to use that. Just take a little bit, look at it slightly differently than you've been, you've been thinking about it, and you will see that we're looking at a threat from out there. That's what it appears to be with the with the weather, you see and big bucks have gone into this of yours mind you, it's all tax money to create the systems like harp now they didn't build these, these massive monstrosities of technology just to take pictures of and, and admire they built them to use and since they have signed treaties not to use them on each other as nations that leaves them free range for only one other thing, that's to use them internally and you'll find that most countries have these stations. The first time the world was allowed to know that they were up and running was when we had the woodpecker effect. The woodpecker effect was picked up by shortwave radio hand enthusiasts. Years ago, in the early 70s, and that was the sound it made over the radio, it blasted every other station off the radio and that was coming from Riga which is in Latvia it was a Soviet state at the time and the Russians admitted it and it was in the newspapers here that this was solid, they were using this technology, this harp-type technology the next thing we're told, as well as one big one in, in Alaska well they have them all over the world And this is going to be the threat from out there to get us all to change our entire ways of living and allow the experts to manage us. Now that means in every single area of management. It's not just go here, do this and be safe. You're well into an agenda the first tested out on smaller scales and on a lesser scale within the Soviet Union but you are well into this agenda where they're going to use all that they knew all they learned on the whole world is happening now through front groups, many of them appearing to be charitable but they're also getting more and more power as charitable NGOs all with United Nations affiliations Coming down to what you even say. And it's so clever, this technique, it, it can never fail. It's so clever. They start off with a premise which everyone will agree with. This was the thing to do with the rights of the child from the United Nations. Everyone thought, well, that's true, children should have rights and sure there are abused children absolutely actually the whole world has been abused they just don't know by whom in fact they run towards their, their abuser thinking it's their saviour that's how clever this system is show me a functional family and then I'll ask you a question how come in this system so they come out with the same techniques rights to the child and then the parents find out once it's all signed and put into law that the parents don't have any rights over the child at all who'd have thought of that one eh Huh? that's how it always works hate speech comes out with, with very good reasons uh, initially why they want to bring laws in but you know it's not going to end there and that's not the intent either and it's not to stop anyone criticising any other group It's not. that's nothing to do with it that's only a, an outside form eventually you won't be able to criticise anything including the government in fact it'll be a crime it'll be called anti-government right from the Soviet Union if you even question any policy and you'll be classified as being mentally ill for doing so and they had a whole bunch of psychiatric definitions in the Soviet Union for those who questioned the system. That's now being introduced here. But first it was brought in under hate. You hate the government. Technically that would mean that the opposition parties in every so-called democracy are haters if they criticize their opposition how come they don't lock them up huh? but no it only applies to the people you see this is a very very nefarious deep clever system you're living in what's been presented on the media is the lowest level lowest level of understanding and most of that is fake they give you the topics to argue about to worry about to to think about they call it raising social consciousness that's the term they use when they want you to get you to change your ways of thinking and doing motivational behavior alteration conditioned responses Pavlovian techniques until Joe Public babbles all the terms that he hears coming from the media. He babbles them. Like a tape recorder. Without thinking, because he's never given anything really, any conscious thought. They just start babbling them. They repeat their downloads to each other. If you look at these big charitable organizations, and their Masonic logos, of course, you see why Albert Pike talked about the, or, the outer portico of lower Freemasonry. The outer portico are the guys who are a bit higher than the, the lodges they initially joined. They wear little funny hats and they, they drive around in little dinky toy cars at parades and things and, and do the occasional charity. It's hard to go beyond that when you're investigating, isn't it? didn't investigate a charitable organization more well, you must be nasty and that's the greatest protection they have for the real plan behind it for those higher up who don't wear fun little hats and ask those men with fun little hats how many freebies they've taken that you don't get access to how many speeding tickets they get away with how many fast, immediate bank loans they get by being good little masons hmm? why don't they extend that charity to everybody else well you see, everybody else is the profane <laughs> hard to attack charitable organisations at least with the fronts of them and yet this idea of charity and the front of charitable organizations is very very old this technique the old man in the mountain they came up with the whole idea of the shmailis the assassins recruited thousands of orphans he would take them in and bring up these mountain home and he'd be fed and all the rest of it and they would initially have charities everybody really thought how wonderful this fellow is and he taught these young guys as they grew up and they used hashish rather liberally I don't think the CIA was around then to give it to them but maybe who knows and the young guys would grow up into men thinking this was the nearest thing to heaven and they were told that it was the nearest thing to heaven and they were given things and that the lifestyle that the ordinary person was forbidden to live and they were given women too growing up that is and then they were well educated sent off to be advisors to different heads of state and they could be sleepers for years then when they were told to kill whomever they simply dropped their dagger and did it instant obedience because they were taught that if they were killed themselves they'd go straight to heaven and heaven to them was something that they thought they'd grown up in or the nearest thing to it all under the guise initially, initially of a charity hard to attack charities and yet the secret societies have been hiding behind the veils of them for thousands of years. Those who have suddenly looked around them still standing on the floor of the bottom level of the matrix generally freak out at the information that hits them because it's available from some good sources and an awful lot of bad sources and they they panic and the bad sources that are run by the big boys because this isn't the first time this technique has been used we'll have them spinning off in helter-skelters of the most amazing disinformation ever designed because they know that the average person who's as I say, just woken up to one part of it that is that his life is, is changing drastically rather quickly, we don't notice when it's done slowly you see, but they're in a, a roll now they know that the person is freaking out And the first conclusion they're encouraged to think of is that this is too diabolical and too overwhelming to be done by humans. This is encouraged through lots of the authorized authors who put out there to promote all kinds of things from space aliens to slimy things that walk around looking like people and not yet people either and that seems palatable to the average person who's just as I say in the freaking out stage of how did all this happen they've been living in a fairyland a dream up until that point with their favorite newscasters looking very mature and very fatherly and staring at them in the eye every six o'clock newscast and would he lie to you of course not. I mean, to think that the whole world is lying to you would put you into a category which would make it easy for them to lock you up. So don't freak out. Accept it calmly and quietly. Yep, you've been conned big time, and not just you—billions of other people too across the planet have been conned because this scientific process has been in operation for an awful long time awful long time and they put out the fake disinfo guys counterintelligence who gathers all the intelligence the facts that are being passed around mix it with the absurd and discredit the facts I get it all the time from people who as I say they're on roller coasters with all this disinformation mixed up with real information and that's what they always say, well, humans could never have dreamt this up, it's, it's just too big. And and that's because they're so thinking that it's just happened, suddenly. It's also an egotistical problem because they can't imagine how they could have been fooled so perfectly. But you've been trained that way since your birth and your parents didn't know. And like all mammals, you, you accept that if the parents don't show dangerous signals towards a certain area, you'll think everything's quite natural within that area. That's how simple this is. And you'll see networks of people, generally very old men, who do get life extension, there's no doubt whatsoever. They get a superior health care, the public will never be let into, and your science magazines will still keep you living in the cave uh, cave age, uh, stone man age, the era with their latest this and latest that everything they tell us is obsolete and very old you have a network of old guys an old boys club to introduce people who work their way up the pyramid through many different rituals and and proving their worth you must be worthy as they say means you must keep your mouth shut and you do the dirty deeds on the public and keep your mouth shut too and you take your rewards and keep your mouth shut and the higher they go the worse they become until they're really conning in a big way and you can still keep their mouth shut that's the system and they're pulled out of CEO offices or banks or corporations many of which are just owned by the secret services like the CIA anyway and moved all over the planet into the United Nations out of the United Nations into politics back into a CEO's job, back into the United Nations in perpetual circles. And they always know their part in the agenda. They're very worthy, they're trustworthy, you see. you can keep their mouths shut. Recently I was looking at an old documentary with Saddam Hussein greeting a young Donald Rumsfeld back in 1974. And here's this geezer still on the go today in the same occupation, lifers, absolute lifers, to do with the military side of government. And they're still as active as ever. I mean, where's his senility? Where's his old age disease, etc.? Why is he still so fervent that he, can't, he just can't put his feet up with all his millions and just retire and go fishing? Well, they don't, if you notice. They can't stop because it's a religion. That's where you see that kind of fervor. It's within a religion. That's the only place you'll see it. They are fanatical. In the late 80s, Maurice Strong was pulled out of the United Nations. Now this man was picked up as a young guy by Rockefeller and groomed to be a front man which he has been very loyal to in fact all these years and wherever he's gone he's made major changes in in the world system little Mark Strong he's a strong man you might say and he was pulled out the United Nations to come to all places to Ontario, Canada by Bob Ray the the premier at that time of, of Ontario it was got a fascinating story that was printed in the Toronto Sun and he pulled Murray Strong and gave him a job as the, the head of Ontario Hydro and I said big things are going to happen here because you don't pull this kind of character the big gun to swat a mosquito so something big was going to happen and he no sooner got to Ontario then he starts organizing and reorganization to to privatize the whole Ontario power system, all the grids, all the companies and so on from public ownership to private ownership that was what he was brought in to do multi-billion dollar task then it was found out he was still working for the United Nations so he kept the job under the tenure of $1 a day from Ontario Hydro just to keep the job till he was finished. But at the time, in the newspapers, it was announced that, that Strong was putting into motion a plan where public money would finance huge generator systems, diesel, etc., to run all government agencies and all major necessary infrastructure. Including factories, not that there's many left here, and I thought, well, what's going on here? The coal was bores over the, the oil was pumping away not too badly at that time, and there seemed to be no crisis, so it, it told you there was going to be a crisis created in the in the future and once you'd done all the setting up to privatize it, and these deals of who they're going to sell it to are arranged behind closed doors years before the public even though it's begun it's all everything is pre-arranged and sure enough once he'd done his job he back to the United Nations to the World Bank at that time then they sent him to Peking or well, not Peking it was um, it was it was China they sent him to to Beijing they changed from a P to a B a B <laughs> anyway and then of course you had the job to really get the the ball going for Chinese commerce for the rest of the world and working at a UN building in China these players are pulled up the hat always same guys over and over from the time of the Vietnam War to every war since they're on the move all over the planet and they all know each other very very well because they all will be the same boss and here they are bringing us into the global system it's already here, we know that where you to have a completely monitored society who can't open their mouth in case they're going to be fined, charged or thrown in jail for uttering something which is incorrect that's the system we're going into follow the trail of eugenics and the history of eugenics. If you want to see how many of these guys got their start because you'll find they all belonged to these societies eugenics was brought up to cull off the useless eaters which would not be required in a scientifically orientated society and they're going at it really strong now and passing all kinds of laws they have the, the, the whole of the cultures in the western world debased enough that we don't care what happens in medicine or the fact there's a whole industry selling body parts this frankensteinian monster we are debased the same elite who are guiding us will mock so-called primitive societies that go through all kinds of mourning ceremonies for the dead and they'll mock them and yet you see your respect for the dead gives you respect for the living will be knocked down one stone at a time until there's no foundation left Mary Strong's benefactor the Rockefeller family were the ones in the US who backed the whole eugenics program way back to the 1920s eugenics means good stock and the term was first used by Charles Galton Darwin, Darwin's descendant it was all based on the pseudoscience of evolution which ran in the family lineage of the Darwin family since Charles Darwin's father and grandfather both wrote books on the same thing that he eventually wrote on it didn't take off too well until they republicized it under Charles's name and this whole idea that races and inferior types die off and they must do is part of the inner high Masonic tradition it's basic Hinduism actually and many thousands of people were sterilized forcibly across the Western world, and they had branches in every country. And they were teaching that the inferior types must be killed off. The US, in its own eugenic society, used to put out magazines every month and have photographs of the best families. With their frontal views of their skulls and side views and all this kind of stuff to show you how superior they were.
1: You must have been a beautiful baby. You must have been a wonderful child. But you were only starting go to kindergarten, I bet you drove the little boys wild. And when it came to winning blue ribbons, you must have shown the other kids how. I can see the judge's eyes as they handed you the prize. Bet you made the cutest bow. Oh, you must have been a beautiful baby, cause baby.
0: This is how silly people are uh, when you give them a bit of flattery and you, you, you pump up their ego. But not just silly, they become very dangerous when they, they start to believe it and believe they have the right to dictate to the lessers. Herbert Spencer brought up the idea of evolutionary psychology. And this was all tied up with this theory of evolutionary types and superior types and inferior types. You think that Adolf Hitler was the only guy who came up with that? No. There men behind Hitler who were on the go before he was born in the German branch of this, under the guise of science again, the white-coated scientist. The new priesthood, that's all they are with all their theories and they've been very successful in convincing the world that they know what they're talking about in so many areas and we believe them we've been taught just like we were taught in the past ages to believe the guys with the black dresses on to believe these new ones and we believe them just as well because they're experts and gee what are we? racial hygiene There's nothing new at all, and it wasn't based simply in Germany. The funding came from the big foundations, like the Rockefeller Foundation. People forget that Adolf Hitler was Time-Life Man of the Year twice in the 1930s, when he was going through all this stuff, killing off all the, the mentally disabled and the unfit it wasn't until he crossed the borders he became the bad guy people forget all about that they forget the tours of the aristocracy from all other countries of Europe including England went over to have tours of the, the new Germany and how they were this great experiment well find this in the history books it means more than you think we had the United States experiment and the Soviet experiment and the Nazi Experiment, all funded by the same big power brokers and foundations, as they studied us all and did with us as they wished and got us to cheer them on in different countries. That's why the mass man must always be feared. Individualism is the only thing, the only enemy they have today, the thinker who can explain this and put it across to others so they they in, in turn might think. Monsters and psychopaths are recruited and given their own special education which enables them to do what they do and feel good about it. and they never retire they're globe trotting all over the place from one position to the other in this massive network and they all know each other and they don't have to ask aliens what the next step is they don't need LSD or any Peruvian drug to make them turn into reptiles and do a little dance or any of that they are though very inbred and like Plato said you can create humans by interbreeding just like animals for specific traits you go back into the, the Darwinian family you'll find that was happening with Charles and right back to his grandfather and before who were the only inbred with one other family called the Wedgwood family of Wedgwood pottery all belonging to this this higher Masonic eugenics society you breed your way into high masonry by accepting the spouse that's been trained and also reared and marrying them and doing what you're told then that offspring gets to a higher level it is a breeding program and the little guys at the bottom don't know that and most of them never will they don't, they don't know much at all in fact people will never conquer this on a a large level until they demand to know who these characters are who are on the seats and the chairs of their local council their police forces their school councils their local government levels who fill the bureaucracies and the head positions from local to to federal they'll never get it further until they demand the answers because you'll be completely utterly shocked you must be in one of these freemasonic organizations in this system in the west to get ahead as they say The Wizard of Oz is very active. The little man behind the curtains with all the technology and the levers and the buttons. It can terrify you in a thousand ways. And that's what was really written in to that movie. And the yellow brick road, all Masonic terms. Oz is found in the Bible sometimes under Oz, sometimes under OS, sometimes under US, and sometimes under UZ. Depends on the version. We live in a very complex system and yet this complexity can be the Achilles heel for someone who can break through the the, the very basic bottom level, not get trapped with the people who are deliberately put out there to suck you in and ride you in circles till you're even more confused than ever. And they'll use all the material put out by the small guys who never had the financing to get the big booksellers on their on their side. Someone called me just the other day, and mentioned a particular one. And he says, "Do you know he put in there that well, the troglodytes and and and, and trog and, and trog backwards is Gort, and Gort is the the robot in the day the Earth stood still." And I, you see, I I talked about all that stuff back in the nineties and it's all taped and I've given it lots of them and these characters or, or their teams just gather it up put it in their books, spin it into whatever and they get the publicity and unfortunately mislead people and what I didn't mention to this fellow also is that there was a group called the Troggs see what song they sung, and add that to your next book You're living under control, fascination will be the end of you if you allow yourself to be fascinated by tremendous tales. Just as religion has been used for thousands of years and very effectively. In the Middle Ages they had people terrified of at one time of even living in the forest they'd been born in because there was demons everywhere and shadows suddenly became demons and oh my goodness, everything became demonic and the only safe place was the church and that's where you brought your your valuables and, and gave it to them and got blessed and protected by little stories and little spells they would put out there for you of protection well I'm running out of time right now keep warm, keep safe stock up on basic stuff that you need to live in case they they give you an emergency just the basic stuff keep warm, that's important and have some food and some jugs for water and some candles and you'll be fine all the best from me tonight and Hamish the dog and me, your God go with you
1: wild goose chase, and my dreams have all been denied. Why have I always been a failure? What can the I wonder if the world's to blame. I wonder if it could be me. I'm always chasing rainbows, watching clouds. call of my dreams ending in the sky. Some fellas look and find the sunshine. I always look and find the rain. Some Fellas make a winning sometimes. I never even make a game. Believe me, I always chasing rain.